show number four of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. This is LT, Lena Taylor. And this is JK, Jungle Kitty. And welcome to our podcast. Look at his butt! Okay, welcome to Look hey. at His Butt. Yay! Um, I am J- JK, I almost said JT, <laughs> so I don't even know, Jungle Titty. I am JK, Jungle Kitty, and this is... Lena Taylor, LT. And we are here to, to look at his, his butt. butt. <laughs> yeah, well we do that enough anyway. We do. Um, so, because we like to have a part in each show where we talk about something that's completely unrelated to anything else, except maybe technology, or sex. Or sex. This is the part. And and this hits both. It does. So we'll just lead off with this. Okay, this is um this is something you, you sent me um the link to and this was an article in uh SF Gate. Was it in the was it in the newspaper too? Do we no, know or is it's, it just it's on? only at SF Gate. So SF Gate is the online um version of the San Francisco Chronicle. And there's a lot of stuff at SF Gate that's not in the print version, and this is one of them. One of the things you'll find. And this particular article, I, I love the headline. It says, another hard, hot, pink shave, ladies. Facing a long, lonely night alone with your stubble, <laughs> you need a vibrating razor. Okay, I want to say, first of all, I've cut myself. <laughs> and I believe most of us who shave any body part have on occasion cut ourselves. I don't need things shaking <laughs> while I am shaving. This is true. Um, this article is by Mark Morford, who writes a column called Notes and Errata for um, SF Gate, and he's a very, very funny columnist. And um, this particular one is about this really fucking weird razor <laughs> that you can buy. I don't think there's another way to describe it, really. Well, and and it's a very, it's a very funny article. His his point of view is 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 so entertaining, but. He he is kind of going for why would anybody want this thing? And he's pointing out, you know, it's a lady's shaver. It's it's like all those fancy Venus shavers. Mm-hmm. It's got that shape and everything, and that they put a little vibrating part not in the razor blade mm-hmm. part, but in the other end, the the tip you hold on to. And you can you know just take off the razor blade. So all you've got is this vibrating stick with this good vibrating part. In in the end, he's going, why would anybody buy this? You know, the implication being. If you want a sex toy, go buy a sex toy. And he mentions the the one thing I was thinking of, but I don't think he glommed on to the significance of it. Was he saying, what, so you don't have the embarrassment of your vibrator falling out at airport security? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, exactly. Because I used to travel a lot for business. And I always carried mm-hmm. some, at least one sex toy with me for those lonely nights in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, post 9-11 where they're pawing through everything, I'm going, oh, I don't, I couldn't. Couldn't, it just, I wouldn't, you know. And here, oh, <laughs> officer, that's, that's my razor. My razor. What kind of a filthy mind do you have? Is this the type of people who are in charge of our nation's security <laughs> that you look at a lady's razor and think there's something sick going on? So I'm going, you know, if I ever had to travel a lot for business again, I would, I would absolutely buy this thing, but I would not be using it to shave my legs. <laughs> so, um... The um, I'll read you one really funny line from this because he says uh, it fits deliciously, caressingly into the palm of your hand, and yes, it vibrates. Is it a spatula? Is it a power drill? Is it Orlando Bloom? <laughs> 
Now, the thing is, he's got some great links, too. Yeah. And one is that you go to the Gillette website, excuse me, to learn more about this. So this, and, it's called the Venus Vibrance. Right. That is that is what it's called. But here's the thing I want to point out. They have, um, they have contests. They have all kinds of things. They have a quiz. <laughs> they have a quiz? They have a beauty tips quiz. Oh, can we do it, please? Wait, I already did it. I'm oh, going to tell you something. okay. I scored a hundred percent. Hey, good for you! Woo! So I want to thank Gillette for <laughs> validating me as, as not just a woman, but a woman who knows, you know, how to to stay beautiful and attractive, and what is a crock of shit, and what is for real. And I'm telling you, I think this Venus vibrance thing is for real, but not necessarily for what. Um, they are ostensibly marketing it as. And I think they know damn well we're selling a vibrator, but we're being very smart in selling it so that, you know, it it looks like this. Um, so I predict, you know, vibrating hairbrushes and vibrating hair blowers are coming next. Everything. And, and they're going to they're gonna start providing them in the hotel, just like the regular hair blowers. Um, what he also pointed out in here was that they make a similar vibrating one for men. Now, okay, so <laughs> and he the, says because men are just that stupid. <laughs> so the women's one is pink, pink and purple, right. and it's very, um, uh, it, it's long and it's very roundy shaped. It's kind of got that iMac look going on to it, <laughs> which I'm sure the is vibrating iPod. The vibrating iPod. Um, so, for the men's site, of course, it's very different. Now, you know, it's called... Oh, and you can hear it, actually. We're lo- loading up the website right now, and it's got that funky little sound effect going on. There's a picture of a car. It's going a car fast. Going really, really fast. M3 Power Nitro. That's the name of the razor. Guys, you want to run that over your face? The M3 Power Nitro? It'll just burn the hair right off. And because you're guys, and you are rough and tough, in the guise, the vibrating part is in the the blade part. So I don't know about that. That sounds pretty scary. That, they should have that on Fear Factor. <laughs> Shave your face with this. <laughs> so here's the thing I want to know. Um, <laughs> how does vibrating actually make the shave go any better on your face? I don't get that at all. Um, I don't either. And the other thing is that if they're selling it um, for men... To use as a sex toy, putting the vibrating part in the blade is not going to help them out. <laughs> it's for pervs. I, you know, <laughs> I can't imagine anybody wanting to stick that part up their butt. <laughs> Just... Oh, you're not reading enough KS. <laughs> oh, you know. Anyway, but I also wanted to point out that um, if one has uh, a need for a vibrating toy, that doesn't look like a vibrator. There are already a number of, of toys that don't really look like um, vibrators. But can you buy them at Long's? Well... No, you have to send away from them. They come in a box. It's kind of, you know... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm just going to say that um, there's a couple... I, I would recommend buying them from a, a nice place online that's, you know, friendly, like, oh, Good Vibrations, which yeah. is at goodvibes.com. And, They're very good. Um, they have the one that's shaped like the rubber ducky. And you I ha- have You that. have that, right? I have that, that was yes. a gift. Um, I know that they have one that looks like um, a lipstick. <laughs> they have a ducky that goes in bondage now, too. Yeah, that's he's in leather. Cute. They have another one that looks like a fish. It looks like that Simpsons fish that has three, three eyes, eyes, but this yeah. one only has two. Um, and they do, <laughs> they do make ones that look like um, uh, lipstick. They actually do look just like uh, lipstick. And there are other ones that you can kind of wear in your underwear. Um, 
Let's see. And there was one up here. I'm actually looking at the Good Vibrations site. I know right you are, now. and I'm watching it all going by. And, and there's one called Tickle Pops Assorted Colors. Assorted Colors. Kind of. I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, the Pocket Rocket is the one that looks like the um, the iPod uh, Shuffle. Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, I actually have one that's called an iMoc, and it's I M O C, uh-huh. and it's like made in Japan. And it actually looks, it's the same color as the, the Raspberry IMAX one, yeah. and it's really small. It's like this big. It's really cute. It doesn't look like a vibrator. It looks like a flash drive or something that you would attach. Do we know what they need to come out with if they're going to do this? And I, I, you know, I applaud this. Let's have vibrators that don't look like vibrators that you could ostensibly leave lying out when your mother comes to visit, mm-hmm. you know, and not have to worry about it too much. We need dildos that don't look like dildos. Mm. And they, they need to vibrate and they need to do the whole thing, but they have to look like something else. Like it's, And it needs to be a good size one. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, what is the good size thing you know, that I'm, I'm um, a traveling with when mm-hmm. I travel? And I'm thinking, okay, make it look like a computer accessory. Yeah. Like something that hooks onto the back of my, mm-hmm. my uh, laptop so I can say, oh, that's the extra battery. Mm-hmm. In fact, Apple, Steve, listening, <laughs> I know you are. Um, that should be the next thing, the the um, the iVibe. The iVibe. And it's a battery that, yeah, it actually does power the power book for nice long airplane trips. You know, none of this two uh-huh. hours crap. But then I can take it off and let it power me. Yeah, I like that. I like that, That's the really iVibe. Um, let's trademark that as soon as we get off the air. All right. Um, we should mention to our listeners that um, we have already um, started, well, we will be starting this business really soon, of selling Star Trek-based sex toys. We will? Yeah. Remember we talked about this? Oh, but I restaurant? didn't know we were going to do it. Sure, Hooray. we're going to do it whenever we get around to it. Hooray. Um, yeah, so we really thought about this long and hard and thought, you know, <laughs> yeah. if <laughs> it was over breakfast one morning <laughs> yeah. at a con. Um, <laughs> probably at an IHOP. Probably was. <laughs> that if we, if we could manufacture and sell dildos that were based on alien genitalia, especially the Vulcan ones, because there is such a mystique about that in the world of fandom. Yes. And we, we're not talking about the early ones with tendrils, No, that's just creepy. No, 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 no. We're talking about the double ridges. We'll make a mint. We would. It'd be great. We'll make all different kinds. It'll be, it'll be awesome. And we'll have the, the spanking paddles with the Starfleet <gasps> emblem on them. Yes. Oh, those and vibrators with the little Starfleet emblems on them. Yeah, that'll be great. So yeah. look for that. We'll let you know when that becomes reality. We'll set up our own um, cafe press thing. Yeah, and we'll be in violation of trademark and everything else. So you're going to want to order yours very soon <laughs> before Paramount takes us away in manacles. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be an underground sort of thing. You'll still be able to get it at cons if you know where to ask for that's it. That's right. Yeah, that's I'm thing. winking at you. <laughs> So, We're gonna have a secret handshake, and we'll let you know about that. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a good name for it. We'll have to think about that. But yeah, look for it. Star Trek sex toys. Not Star Trek sex toys is what no. they'll be called because that's how we'll get around all the legal issues. Yeah. See what Star Trek sex? Who ever thinks of those two things together? Are you guys pervs? Get away! Those I don't guys, want you near my booth. Those geeks never sleep with anybody. <laughs> that's why we need the toys. <laughs> And now it's time for a new feature. Take a listen. Let us know what you think. Look at his butt.blogspot.com. I'm Helen Bed, and this is the news from around his butt. Stardate 062505.night. 
In early previews of Boston Legal, we saw Denny Crane and Brad Chase engaged in a push-up contest, a scene that was cut from the episode Head Cases. While patrolling the bulletin board at WilliamShatner.com, we came across a post from Web Girl. She shared a transcript of her interview with Mark Valley, the actor who plays Brad Chase, the stick-up-his-butt-too-blonde-to-be-true young lawyer, known around these parts as the Will Decker of Crane, Poole, and Schmidt. Chase had this to say about the scene. In the rehearsals, we were doing real push-ups, but when we had to perform, he was actually down on his knees the whole time. He was doing them so fast, I thought, my God, how can he do that? I was pumping pretty fast, trying to keep up with him. When the look at his butt crack news staff contacted William Shatner for his response to the allegation of cheating, he had this to say. I don't like to lose. This has been Helen Bear on his butt. And remember, you heard it here first, unless you'd already heard it before. And now, back to look at his butt. Oh, doesn't that just cause a shudder to run up and down your spine? Yes. So partly I wanted to talk about <clears throat> this book, but also to talk about how this relates to the world of pro-fiction in general. So the reason I even have this book is that... Wait, wait, let me ask a question. Oh, yeah? By pro-fiction in general, do you mean a outside Trek, of... No, just Star Trek pro-fiction. Oh, okay, I thought maybe we were really broadening No, no, not that topics. far. Not yet. Okay, maybe all right. Maybe next week. Um, <laughs> the only reason that I have this book is that... Um, over at the Lincoln Heights Literary Society, we get a lot of stuff, and they really like us over at, at Star Trek books, pocket books, and they send us so much stuff. So I choose to read Star Trek books once in a while, and I actually went through all the Shatner books, which was really fun. I went through one. Ah, uh, yeah. And you read one, and, and I've read some other books, and there have been some interesting ones in here. This particular book is not. There are two novelettes in here. One of them is about the Dominion by David R. George III. He's in a ser serial killer, I guess. <laughs> and then there's one about um, the Ferengis, Ferenginar, by Keith DiCandido. And I really like Keith DiCandido. He is an incredibly prolific guy. He's the hardest working man in Star Trek fiction. <laughs> he writes, he edits, he writes outside of Star Trek fiction. And I like him a lot. So I haven't read his part of it. And I'm hoping that it's better than the other part that I did read about the Dominion. Um... So neither of these is quite a full novel. It's it's a novelette, really. And in the case of this story about the Dominion, it pretty much was a short story that shouldn't have been much longer than that and got padded way, way out. Um, so the problem I had with this being volume three of a trilogy or, or I don't know, maybe there's going to be more, is that um, there was stuff that happened in the first two volumes uh. that gets referred to in here. And because... The author is not assuming that you read it. There are pages full of data dump. That's like... And then he thought back to the time when he went to this place and this thing happened and the people came aboard the ship and then they said this to him and then that happened and then it caused this to happen and then it just like rolls on for sentences and sentences. But, you know, somebody who writes just like that has just made a giant, giant fortune. <laughs> 
which is the guy who wrote Da Vinci Code, because one of my favorite little devices he uses is whenever he needs to info dump on us some art history, he remembers when he gave that lecture in yeah. the state prison to the inmates, the murderers, rapists, thieves, and, and, and pedophiles about um, art history, and then he info dumps us. So that's perfectly valid. He'll probably make more money because he did it. So I would say I'm looking at... The, oh, God. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. In this book, there's... a. Um, the preamble, which is the part, like, why didn't you just call it a prologue? I don't know. It's like preamble. Well, it's pretty the preamble, like what we have on the Constitution. Fancy schmancy word. Yeah. Um, so he uses this, and it's like ten pages of going over everything again so that you know what's going on. Like, nothing happens. It's all just data dump, and it's very, very annoying to have to read that. So, you know, there's that. And then there's the plot about the the changelings, the shapeshifters, the founders. And, of course, Odo is the main character. And he was an interesting character on Deep Space Nine. Um, he was funny because he was the way he was. And, you know, they made him lovesick over Kira, which was kind of annoying. And they finally consummated their relationship, which led to a billion fanfic stories about, <laughs> you know, how it, what it's like to have sex with um, a shapeshifter, which well, is, you know, sort of interesting. Yeah. Um, and so there's that plot. So there's the founder's plot. And I don't know whether this is supposed to continue in another book because it, it Odo doesn't die at the end, but stuff happens that kind of affects the Star Trek universe about the founders and the Dominion. So, okay, I don't want to read any more books to find out what happens, but it's kind of weird. Um, and then there's a, a very unnecessary subplot about um, one of the Jem Hadar and uh, something that happens with him and, and Kira is involved and, you know, like, I don't even know why that was there. It was just to pad it out a little bit, I guess. <laughs> But the really annoying thing about the unnecessary subplot is that um, this Jem Hadar guy, well, he's not a guy, okay, he's an alien. He goes to visit um, the founder who's in prison. So just to bring anybody up to speed who doesn't know about this, in the whole DS9 series, the big deal was that there was a big war. It was the whole Federation plus their allies against the Dominion. And the Dominion's run by the shapeshifters, the founders, and they have all the minions who do their work for them. That's why they're called the Dominion? Well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> but they have different kinds of minions. So it's like the the, the Geminar are the fighting guys, and the, the Vorta are like the, the subservient slave guys. And Anyway. Um, so at the end of the series, the way they finished it up was that there was peace, and the the head founder who was sort of female in form got arrested and sent off to prison Aww. and then the war was over so that was a good thing so this in the book the gem hadar goes to visit this this changeling woman founder in prison and the description of the prison is the most ridiculous thing that i've read in a very 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 long time so remember set in the star trek universe advanced technology oh good he, he goes there and it's off on this little you know remote thing in space, a little space station, and there's not too many people there, and I think there's only the founder who's held there, there's only one prisoner, uh, and to get from where you disembark to where the prisoner is actually held, you have to go through seven rooms that are like a fun house, each of them. So the very first one, oh, I For probably... For those of you who didn't hear it, my jaw just <laughs> dropped... <laughs> open and I'm having a major Galaxy Quest flash here. It's exactly like Galaxy Quest. It's really pretty <laughs> damn stupid. Do they have chompers? 
You know, they don't have chompers, but they have things that are close to it. So does it burst into flame at the end oh, for no reason? It kind of does that. <laughs> oh, hooray! So, you know, so they have to walk through all these corridors, and there's, you know, obviously lots of surveillance. I'm looking through the book now to see what it is. Um, they go through uh, uh, one room that has radiation in it, <gasps> and clearly, you know, they would turn up the radiation, and that would get you. But then they have another one. So if you survive the radiation, then you would go in another one where there's, like, phaser fire all the time. So if you don't stick exactly there, the phasers are going to get you. And then, oh boy. you know, I don't know. There's another one. Yeah, other to be filled with a constant barrage of phaser fire. Okay. And in the last one, you meet the knights who oh, say, neep. Probably. <laughs> and then, you know, there's another one where... Uh, Oh, what the hell happens there? Um, oh, it's a maze. So you walk through it, and, and you can see that the bulkheads get moved. So, like, you couldn't find your way back through it because there are all these dead ends and everything. Okay, and, this is like an 8-year-old's idea of security. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if 8-year-olds if were, and maybe they are, you know, gaming with Xbox box and building their own games, I mean, this would be the big challenge. It's so stupid. <laughs> so, so then... There's a scene later on in the book where this Geminar helps break the founder out of the prison. Of course, because he wouldn't be going to a prison unless he was going to help her break out of it. It's like the gun in Act 1 that has to go off in Act 3. Right. So um, there's a very long sequence, very graphically described, where it's very exciting and thrilling, and you know he breaks her out. And um, So there's a couple of really huge flaws, which I will now point out. Number one is um, there apparently is no surveillance camera showing him taking the shapeshifter out of the cell. <laughs> okay. Which I find really hard to believe. And then the other thing is that the author, as they're going through this chase sequence and people firing, is that he treats phasers like guns. So there's actually a scene where the, the Gem and R guy holds a hostage in front of him and the Starfleet person won't shoot because she's afraid of hitting the hostage. Um, well, whatever happened to the stun, stun setting is my question there. And then there are other scenes where somebody from the main control room is watching them battle in one of these rooms and doesn't do anything about it. I mean, wouldn't you think that, like, a big, large area stun would kind of take care of all that? Like, stun them first and sort them out later. Yeah. But that doesn't apparently occur to this author. So... I was like, why, why, why? What happened? Why did you do this? It's just not good. Just really not good. And anyway, so I was very disappointed. And, um, you know, somebody supposedly dies at the end, but you know that that person's not going to die because there's no way they're going to kill off a major character in a book like this in one of these little throwaways. Is it a, is it a, um, a canon character? Yeah. Okay, well, they're forbidden to I do know, that. I know, they can't. So you know they're not going to die. So... I just feel like the way pro fiction is going, having read several of these, I mean, the Shatner books aside, because he doesn't write them, you know, somebody else writes them, they have to keep the character going. But these other books that are about the minor characters and things, like, they're running out of ideas, mm -hmm. for one thing. The writing is just not as good as it once was, because there have been good profic novels, and we've well, read some of them. And the thing about the, the good profic, the, the earlier profic than this was, it was all very speculative, yeah. and in that way, it, it, it was like science fiction. And it was like um, some of the good fan fiction. One of the big questions we're always dealing with, 
or that you can have a lot of fun with him writing is what if? What if this had turned out differently? What if this were to happen? And just, you know, run with that idea. But somewhere along the line, pocketbooks, whatever, got the idea that what they're writing is canon. And so they're trying to have like internal consistency and they don't want to write anything that contradicts what was in the TV shows, what was in the movies, and what was in their other books. So they can't write about major characters and they're having to, to write about, you know, fiction, you know, new characters that they're introducing into the Star Trek universe, which would be fine if they were doing a good, interesting job of it. But, um, I'm one of those people who really, I don't know. I just I, I don't want to hear about the the core of engineers or <laughs> you know this this other stuff. That's for the the people who are interested in the Star Trek universe as a whole. And you know my interest is is very specific as we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his butt. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I I it, it makes me frustrated just because I think that there are better writers out there and there are better stories out there and because of the limits that they've decided to put on themselves they've turned it into this and I mean they sell these books people buy this kind of stuff and they like it or they don't like it or they don't read it and they just put it up on the shelf because they're dedicated Trek collectors who have to have every damn thing that comes out but well uh, one of the things that stunned me recently was I guess I was aware of this but I didn't really think about it there are a lot of people who like formulaic things that's true that happened the same way over and over. And I recently read a book by um, a favorite author of mine, and she did something absolutely stunning. She killed off one of her major characters mm-hmm. in a series. And this was, I don't know, like the 10th book in the series. And uh, it, it was really stunning and, you know, kind of left me out of breath. And so I went online, went to Amazon to read the other reader reviews. And those are always fun, and I like to read them after I've read the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm reading this, and uh, so many people who posted, and there were a lot of posts on this particular book, were, how could she do this, and, you know, what, why did she kill off this character? And obviously she's lost complete interest in this series. And, rah, 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 rah. and so then I went to the author's webpage, and there was an interview with her, and they were talking about this this controversy that she had killed off a major character. And, of course, she was much classier about it than I'm going to be. But she basically said, oh, fuck them. You know, she, she was saying, I'm, I'm a writer, and I follow the story where it goes. And I don't want to write the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. But this is what they're doing with pocketbooks, they pretty are. much. They're following their formula. And I don't know if their sales are steady, declining, going up, whatever, but, you know... If it's still working, they're still going to keep yeah. doing it. Well, uh, it's been pointed out by some people that because there's now no new Trek on the air, and there probably won't be for at least five or six years, um, if, sale, ever. if ever, things like pocketbooks and games and things will probably, um, they'll sell more of it because people want new Trek, and if that's all they can get, that's what they'll buy. They can't get it on TV. They'll buy the books. Yeah, because they have to feed the, the obsession. I don't know. I kind of feel like Trek fandom, though, is so different than it was, you know, thirty years ago, where Trek was the only game in town. And part of what has hurt it is that there is a lot of other um, sci-fi out there on TV, mm-hmm. in the in the movies, in books, and stuff. And if the the Many people have said that that part of why they think Enterprise failed was it was substandard, not just substandard to previous tracks, but substandard to the competition, to mm-hmm. the other, to um, Stargate and whatever else is on, that they were doing a much better job with that. So if they're going to continue to turn out crappy books, 
Um, Which they undoubtedly will. And people are going to go, hmm, do I want to read a, a, a crappy book that's not even about the Star Trek characters I know? Or do I want to just go watch some other show that does a decent mm-hmm. job with its characters? Yep, I, I think that's true. I, I will say that the one book that I enjoyed that was not like this was the Strange New Worlds compilation. Um, and that is interesting because at least the writers are a little more free to tell some a stories. Yeah. Not terribly more. Um, so the last one, which was edited by um, my good friend Keith DeCandido. <laughs> oh, he was the editor on the last one? Yeah, he was. Because it's, it's normally um, Dean, what's his face on uh, the other one? Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was my name. friend Keith. He's not really my friend. I just but, <laughs> and I don't know if this is true, so I'm just going to pointlessly spread a rumor here. <laughs> Um, because I'm an irresponsible podcaster, I have read some of the the discussions and the question and answer back and forth between the editor, the one whose name I can't think of, and the fans about how does he choose the story, what does he look for, what does he like, blah, 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 blah. And I heard from somebody, and I don't know myself that this is true, that he was giving an example, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. a for instance, and he was saying there was an excellent story turned in a well-written, exciting, within the word parameters, didn't mm-hmm. you know break any of their rules about content. It was about con, mm-hmm. and they turned it down. Why? And the reason they turned it down was they were planning their own con novel oh. for that year, and they didn't want this to, or that that this had elements that uh, contradicted what they were establishing as con canon. Oh. And I thought you. You you dorks, you jerks, you know. First of all, nobody thinks what you're writing is canon. And, oh, it, it used to be Dean Wesley Smith, Smith. was the editor. You know, maybe editor. I'm wrong. Maybe he didn't, maybe Keith didn't edit that. Maybe he edited something else. Oh, that's right. He edited The Tales of the Dominion, which I also read. Oh, okay. My mistake. Okay. But, um... That that just stunned me if that is if that is true and like I say I don't know so somebody will will write to me because we still don't have a phone in show <laughs> we will though we will one day we'll be on Skype as we're doing this oh lucky lucky you yeah so people can hear it um I, and I, I'll be sounding very butch yeah um I do want to um, put in one one more thing about um, Strange New Worlds because in Strange New Worlds seven which was the last one that I read which came out. Um, last year or something. There's an eight that's out now. There was a story in it that was about um, Kirk and the Kobayashi Maru, which is something that gets mentioned in one of the movies, but they never really explain it. And all that you get from it is that somehow he managed to um, solve the, the problem. He passed the test that nobody else could pass. And when he's asked if he cheated... He doesn't really deny it. No, he says something like, "I, I changed the, uh, changed the parameters. I changed the parameters, something like yeah. that." Yeah. So you know, the test that nobody else could pass, of course, Kirk passes it because he's, he's Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> and it's a big, it's a thing that you know, it's one of those what ifs. Like, how did it happen? How could it have happened? And there was a story in in Strange New World Seven about it, which was really bad, and I was, <laughs> I was very disappointed in it because it basically said. Um, you know, Kirk thinks about this. He doesn't want to fail. He goes to the simulator late at night and, you know, uses his his iOmega flash memory stick to get in. <laughs> it's, it's like there's no security, no alarms go no, off, no chompers, no, no radiation chompers, rooms. no nothing. He changes it. He passes. Um, the instructor gets mad, comes to his office, and says, "Why'd you do that?" And he says, "I didn't want to fail." And the guy says, "Okay." 
<laughs> that's pretty much the end of the story. Okay, <laughs> and here's the other thing is um, several years ago, Pocketbooks put out a book called Kobayashi Maru. Oh, really? Yeah, and oh. I read it. And um, it was about how all these various officers dealt with their Kobayashi Maru, and that was sort of like the... the framing story around another story I've completely forgotten but it, that their solution was sort of along the same lines and it absolutely infuriated me and what he had done in that version was go into the the programming and change it so that when he said um, you know, when they got into trouble, he, he just said to the enemy they were facing this is Captain James T. Kirk and they all got scared and ran away my, and that, my that, eyes are bugging out of that, my head. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how he did it, and I found that oh, really... Oh, so stupid. Beyond stupid, it's, it's offensive. Oh. It's offensive. So the point of me telling that little story... Whatever could it be? ...was to say that you, <laughs> me? JK, wrote a much, 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 much far superior version of that same story. Thank you. Which I found entirely plausible and explained it much better and was much more true to Kirk's character and gave him some motivation for doing it. And it was really well written, of course, because you wrote it, oh. too, on top of that. Well, thank you. So if you want to read a story about how Kirk managed to pass the Kobayashi Maru, go to Invisible Planets. <laughs> Which aren't that invisible. Invisible, yeah. <laughs> They're easily found. That sounds pretty and there's no, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> they go to Invisible Planets. There are no um, metal detectors, chompers, things bursting into flames. And what's the name of that story? The name of the story is What Lies Within. There you go. And it has some other great characters in it, too. Well, I have to admit that, that one of parts of that are, are favorites of mine of my own stuff, which is, for me, kind of unusual, because I read just about anything of mine two months after I post, and I go, oh, oh, oh. Well, if but you want, I, I like that one. If you want to read a good version, go read that one. Thank you. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. No, not a real commercial. This is just to tell you that you can find us at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com where you can leave us messages, you can leave us suggestions, or you can send us email. This whole podcast was recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. Okay, so we're back, and um, we oh, just... we had a commercial there, didn't we? Yes. Wow. Wow. All yeah. Right. Get out there and buy whatever product that was. <laughs> um, maybe it was the Will Wheaton I Am William Fucking Shatner T-shirt. You should definitely get out and buy that. Um, but when we were talking about Will Wheaton, and we got into the thing about the the line geeks and the Judean People's Front and everything, fandom is a very, very, very strange place. Trust us, we've been there. Yes, and it's interesting, and we are still there, and. <laughs> Sometimes we are in the strangest corner of it, but it is very cliquish and with, with new splinter groups popping up <laughs> all over. And what's interesting to me is right now on alt.startrek.creative, they are having a discussion about what actually happened eight, seven, eight years ago that it split into alt.startrek.creative and then the alt.startrek.creative.erotica.moderator. Oh, my God. So I'm waiting for them to get into the fight of how it actually <laughs> happened, you know, what they were fighting about. I was there, and I don't remember how it happened. See, I got into it soon after the split. So to me, that's all 
sort of word of mouth history about what it was and anyway it's it's very strange <laughs> but at the same time i mean in the exact same flurry of postings there is a posting that absolutely boggles my mind and the subject matter is ot which stands for off topic uh new group so we have another splinter group here and this one was posted by gammon davis and here's what it reads just started tonight it's a group for star trek fans who own cats as if there are star trek fans who don't own cats i don't oh well that's true but you have a dog yeah but i think most star trek fans do you i think so really? well the people who read all the star I'm trek them with, <laughs> with hamsters and, and mice in mazes um it's a group for star trek fans who own cats and would like to be able to discuss both without cats being ot off topic off topic so this says to me that somewhere out there in fandom there is an online group where somebody started talking about their cat and others joined in and they got their little paws slapped so they are <laughs> they are forming the the Star Trek Cats People's Judean Front <laughs> and it says this is an all Trek series group that allows fic rated G to R the only restriction being no NC17 and no BDSM type stuff slash is okay slash is okay is that That's slash with cats do you think I'm pretty sure that's going to be out, but anyway, there's new member moderation for people I don't know last a month to guard against spam, but no story vetting by me. If you should be interested, the group is called Per Trek. Isn't that cute? And this is the URL, and it's a, a it's a Yahoo group, and I'm going to just click that right now, and we're going to go. Oh, let's do it. Look at their um, let's see their homepage, and also maybe I should give uh, Gammon fair warning that I may join her group under a phony name just to see what kind of Oh look there's a picture on. of a cat. There's oh, a please. picture of a cat. Does it say anything different? Oh uh, please. Read welcome it. to a group for Star Trek fans of any series who own, have owned, plan to own again cats. Cats is in caps. Yeah. So it's it's can you go if all you've done is seen that Broadway show? Can you be in this? <laughs> Especially if you hated the show which I did. If you want to discuss track, Trek and Cats, <laughs> yours or cats in general, this is the place. If you don't want to discuss both topics, you might prefer to join a Trek-only group. Oh, great. Here we go. Fan fiction is also welcome. G to R rating. No NC-17 or BD space SM, please. <laughs> but slash is okay. And if you can work cats into it, all, all the, the better. better. Woo! The homepage photo features her royal purriness, Precocia. Oh my god. Oh! Queen oh. of the Davis oh. household and oh. the official Per Trek mascot. So already we're setting oh. up a hierarchy. Can you get me my insulin, please? <laughs> Precocia? Precocia. What the hell but is she's, that? She's the queen and she's their official mascot. So the other group members didn't get to vote on but this. But can thing. I point out that they've had 21 posts already? What the hell is that about? Oh my oh, and, god. Oh, and it's all members only, so we can't do anything, but they do have six Look members. Six members, nine new photos. So everybody has posted Puts photos of their, their cat. Do you think they're photoshopping and putting the, the cat oh, into... Or, you know what, they should... Gammon, Gammon, you're so lame. <laughs> you shouldn't have a picture of your cat. You should have a picture... From the Gary Seven episode oh, where yeah. Spock is holding the cat Isn't that's it? really Terry Gar. No, Terry Gar's not the cat. Yeah. Oh no, she's the other woman. The... Okay, and Terry Gar gets her panties in a yeah. twist because he's petting a well, pussy. Let's, okay, so let's talk about all the <laughs> cats yeah, in wait, Star wait. Trek. Wait, wait. So wait, can you go there if you're just interested in Star Trek and pussy? <laughs> they should let you in based on your name. <laughs> that's right. 
kitties. Jungle kitty. Jungle kitty. Okay, meow, so meow. here, let's see. When, when are there cats in Star Trek? So original series, there was that episode, the one with Gary. And there was Seven, the Halloween one. There was the Halloween one. And um, was that it? Were there any other cats? That might have been it. Now, of course, there was a cat in TNG, and that was Data's cat named Spot. Right, right. That was played by a different cat. <laughs> that was really interesting. It was played by Will Wheaton. <laughs> I always wondered it's played by Will Wheaton's cat. Yeah, I always wondered whether they um, they did that on purpose, like they made it a different cat every time, because it was clearly a different cat. I mm-hmm. mean, it was sort of the same color, but sometimes it was really fluffy, like it was one of those long-haired Abyssinian cats, and then other times it wasn't. So they weren't even doing cat continuity. They weren't doing cat continuity, that's, so I don't know about that. that. No, they have a a, um, a dog on on, on Enterprise, oh, which has a dumb name. I, I don't see. Poor I don't dog. think there were any Poor cats. Dog. No cats on TNG. Well, I mean, so aside from Data's cat, I don't think there were any cats. There were no cats on DS9. I don't think there were any animals on DS9, come to think of it. What? They had a giant talking lizard. Wasn't his name Garrick? (laughs) (laughs) That's an animal. And then on Voyager, I think they ate all the pets. (laughs) Yum! (laughs) But there was that episode where, where, um... Where she turned into a lizard. Yeah, and they had babies. And they had babies. The lizard babies. The lizard babies. Oh, I, don't, man. I don't think that counts. I though. never saw that episode, but I've heard about it. And I, that is one I would like to see at some point is the lizard baby episode. Yeah. But the thing is, okay, in all fa- fairness to uh, to Gammon and her six friends, as strange as it is, I can understand this. Because I, at one point, founded my own group to talk about fan fiction and everything where the emphasis was going to be off of KS just because I was so tired of that having mm-hmm. to be the center of every discussion. So certainly I've been, you know, behind my own little splintering. It's just, I don't know, I'm thinking, okay, what is next? Um, a group for members who want to talk about Star Trek and um, uh, Toyota cars and Star Trek and dental surgery and, you know, Star Trek and... Um, you know, whatever it's. Yeah. Uh, well, what I think is going to happen is that there's going to be a splinter group from that group, and it's going to be um, restricted to kittens. Either restricted <laughs> to kittens or restricted to people who actually have cats now, as opposed to the cat wannabes. Because I could see mm-hmm. that being a problem. Because it says right there, for people who plan on owning a cat, right? Again, you have to have had a cat. You have to have had a cat. Okay. So if I was just planning to, I couldn't come you couldn't to this group because okay. I've never had. So one. then there might be a group for people who are. Who haven't had a cat? Who are planning on getting a Actually, cat? Actually, I am going to found my own um, group in response. My my people's front of Judea group <laughs> to respond to them. This is for people who want to talk about Star Trek and are allergic to cats. Oh, that's a good which one. Which I am. So, and I don't want to not be able to talk about this and work it into my fan Good fiction. <laughs> oh, oh man! Boy. Why? Why are um, Ventura and I not not starting the Star Trek and Peeps group? Ugh. We're still wide open on that. We haven't restricted that at all with our Peep fiction. Peep fiction, which is everywhere. Yeah, it's really scary. In well, fact, Peeps. I didn't share this with you. This is a big achievement. We had so many Peeps stories in the past few months, which is what I had to write too to help uh-huh. out. You know, I'm a I'm a community person. Um, the Peeps are going to have their own category in the ASC Awards <laughs> this year. And they were actively campaigning. We need three more peep stories to get a, 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 a category. And so that's why I had to write two peep stories to do my bit. That's really sick. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, that whole peep thing is not my fault. Although I believe I am the first person who wrote a peep fic because 
Raku, oh, another fanficker, said, I will give you $50 if you will write a story where someone mistakes a peep for a contraceptive sponge. I remember that. And I haven't gotten my $50 yet, but oh. she's still a very dear friend. She did send me a nice gift, so maybe that cost $50. But so it really is um, somebody else's fault. I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm totally fine with that. So let's hear it for Splinter Groups. Yay! We'll keep track of what's happening on Per Track. And yeah, we'll we'll make the uh, the solidarity symbol. Yes, we're, we're saluting your solidarity. Okay. You can't see us, but and uh, I don't know. Maybe we can start a, a news group uh, or a Yahoo group for let's see, people, women who like Star Trek who have podcasts. And that would be you and me. me and that's pretty much <laughs> it. All right. Well, and that's basically what's in my mailbox most of the time. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> so as soon as we start that group, we'll let you know. Okie doke. <laughs> 